I'm your host, Rabbi Linda Schreiner Khan, and welcome to Tehillah Talks, where teens engage in honest conversation with their rabbi about what it means to be Jewish in the world today. Welcome to the 2020 pre Passover edition of Tehillah Talks. Uh, and yes, we are in the middle of the COVID-19 outbreak, but our focus will go back and forth with that and the fact that a holiday is approaching and how we're all managing. And you should all be unmuted because you are very respectful of one another. Um, we don't have to go, you know, and we're not 50 people on this call. We can do it that way. Uh, we're using different technology this week. So I hope that our listeners are gentle with us on that account. And I welcome Julian, Helena, and Bernie. Hi. Hello. And I thank David for being our, our technical assistant on this t- today. So a check-in. Uh, is anybody in your family even talking about Passover at this point? I feel like all anybody talks about is the coronavirus. So no, I, <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. I like barely remember that Passover was coming up. So you no, I think that's, I think that's an important yeah. truth. I think, you know, rabbis are obsessed and uh, the holidays, <laughs> right. We're obsessed and the rest and everybody else is not uh, Bernie at your house. There's definitely been some mention because like big holidays like that, that's like when my dad's side of the family, we like all get to bed together in a big gathering so the fact that that's not going to happen this year is like kind of a big deal that people are pretty sad about. So there's definitely been like some talking about it, but not a ton. Helena? Well, my family hasn't talked about it at all yet, but it has kind of been in the back of my mind as, oh, it's not really going to happen this year because a lot of the family that gathers is, uh, well, a lot of them are older. And so we could try doing it all online, but I don't think we're going to. So, so I um just I, I'll do a plug. I don't know that this will get out in time. It won't get out in time for my plug. But this is for you. Is that on on Wednesday? I'm going to be leading a session on how to do a virtual seder, and we're intending on inviting the same people we do every year. And the question, you know, of cooking and all of that. So, so here's the thing: Passover will come whether we uh, do what we usually do or not. But do you think it's important in this year in particular to observe it in some way? That's my opening question. Isn't Passover all about like pestilence? Am I wrong? Is this not the one where it's like the goat's blood on the door? The lamb's you know I mean? blood. Lamb's blood, yes. Yeah. So we definitely seem to be in a pestilent time. So yeah, it could that could come in handy, I feel like. Helena, what do you think? Um, I think with everything going on right now, we need to have certain things remain constant. And if we just stop, stop everything, I mean, I feel like we're all going to be a little worse off. I think we should um, keep practicing everything we used to around this time of the year and just keep going it all in a different way. Bernie? So, yeah, I think it's actually very related. It's like a story about people struggling, but like banding together and in the end coming through, you know, the whole Passover stories. There's definitely a lot of uh, lines you can draw to what we're going through right now as a global community. So I think it is important to think about that. I think you're right. And I want to just go back to Helena about the structure and, and stability. The only thing that here's the challenge is same old, same old isn't going to work. 
right? And and in a way, that's a really good thing because we get we get stuck in patterns of how we do things, and those patterns they uh, calcify. I guess is the word I'd want to use. So this I was is. Thinking- Go ahead. I was just thinking, like, what if we all get too used to like cyber Judaism and we don't want to go back to having like a physical oh, Passover? It's like, Bernie, you you can mute all the family members who you don't like that much, and just <laughs> 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 we might we might stick with this arrangement. <laughs> well, some some of the larger Jewish community is very worried, indeed, because there's all this free stuff being offered online and virtually, and so. What does that do to the economic structure of those institutions? So you're not yeah. actually so far off. But, but for us, I think it's, it's about finding the relevance in our own families and in our own particular situations and having real conversations. Because as Bernie said, I think it's more acute and real for us than probably it has ever been. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I grew up with the stories of um, you know people having satyrs under extreme circumstances during World War II. I heard the stories, but I certainly didn't experience it. Uh-huh. Right? This uh, when David first said to me, "You know, we're not going to do satyr this year." I was like, "Oh, what are you talking about?" <laughs> we'll always have satyr, uh, but but the themes. So the themes are yes, they're plagues. But what else is going on in this when we celebrate Passover? What's the other piece of it? Is it all about plagues and negative and sadness and fear? What's the other side? Well, I mean, they do eventually escape and, you know, free, become free people. And so that, that's kind of like a thing we can look forward to, you know. Eventually we'll be able to leave our houses <laughs> and go back to school and everything. <laughs> it's also uncertainty is that... Um, I would assume that for all of you, life has a certain pattern until this all happened, right? Yeah, Julian. Yeah, I just share like my thoughts on this. Like, it it is you're talking, you're referring to like you know World War II and the Satyrs, and I think we have this like vision of like what we would do in a crisis that's so much different than what we actually do when we're confronted with like these crises. And I think for me, it's just been like super weird to. Not only can I not go to school and like see my friends, but like also my job closed and like all this stuff. So yeah, I mean like it's a huge disruption, but also like there's there's a hundred million people who aren't going out to work right now. Like we just experienced like the the like fastest downturn in the stock market since like even even faster than during the Great Depression, mm-hmm. like all this unemployment, et cetera. Like it's really worrying because even when this virus goes away, like we'll still have to recover economically you know what i mean so at least for me being 18 like i want to go out and like i don't know i feel like i've had a pretty good like in terms of my working situation like there's always jobs it always feels like people are getting hired it's not super hard to find work if you want it but i'm worried for if that's going to change like in the coming months so right but i, I want to go to a, a, a more meta question for a moment mm-hmm. and then we'll go to the more micro question that you up till now things have been right pretty pretty good you know, everything is settled. But I think for me, growing up in a household of families who survived, my notion of of things always being the same way was not a given. Did you understand what I'm trying to say? Yeah, that, of course. that 
that there was always uncertainty and that to live in the moment is a really important piece of this. So mm-hmm. for instance, in terms of my personal way of thinking, and I, I want you to respond to this, celebrating moments is really important because you don't know what the next moment is going to bring. And some of you have, have dealt with that uncertainty in other ways with illness and, and, and other kinds of disruptions. But that is, is part of the, of this is now confronting people for whom uh, same old, same old every day, you know what I'm saying, has been totally thrown askew. Yeah. And their sense of control is totally thrown askew. So my question to you on that is, how are you coping without having a sense of control? Uh, how are you letting go, Bernie? And then, and then Jasmine. I mean, I haven't been, you know, consciously thinking about that too much. I've just been kind of like going through the days. It's, I mean, like this was, this break, I was supposed to be on a school trip to London and like, you know, I was planning on hanging out with my friends a lot and stuff. So it was obviously like, it was weird not being able to do any of that. Um, But I've just been like, I don't know. I don't even know where the days have gone. It's been really weird, especially without schoolwork since we've been on break. No no structure to hold you together. Yeah, there's there's no structure or anything. I mean, I've been adding my own kind of stuff, like going on runs and stuff like that. But still, it's it's definitely weird to have all of that stuff that's usually kind of imposed on you just totally left in. Jasmine? For me, it was just really like, because I was living in Vermont um, (laughs) in a dorm room and then like in like a period of two days we were told we were like one of the last colleges who were told that we had to leave. And then I just had to pack everything up and like pretty much go immediately. And it just, I feel like because it happened so quickly and so fast, there's like a air of like, it it feels surreal almost like that I'm in New York. And also I petitioned to stay on campus and I was granted the ability to stay on campus, but it was only after my dad had already come and got me because he was worried about New York getting locked down. So it's definitely like, just like a really stressful or it's like, I didn't really think I was going to go home. And then in like two days I went home. So like the whole, like, I guess, I don't know. It just like, there's something about it that just doesn't really feel that real. It's not like the crisis thing is like, I think it's partially like the fact that the world is in a major crisis and partially the fact that all of my surroundings just changed like immediately. But like there's this sort of disconnect that I think is going to take a little bit like to actually process everything that's going on. Yeah. And it's like, I, my whole routine is just like, I don't really have one. I woke up at 1 PM today. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's just so weird. It's like bizarre to like I don't think anyone predicted that like something like this could have happened, you know? Um well, actually some people did. Yeah. <laughs> but I think you all weren't, you know, you all de- were definitely not told that that this was a possibility. Mm-hmm. Right? I don't think so. But so what I've been hearing from parents is that they're spending more time with their children. Oh God! <laughs> uh, particularly, particularly children who have left home and come back, which is not your case, other than Jasmine's, right? It's it, but like 
Natasha's home now. Yeah. Right? I'm telling my parents to leave me alone. <laughs> I'm like having the opposite reaction. Well, but but I think we're talking because we're not not face to face. We're talking to our children more. We're doing more FaceTime. We're checking in more often. You know, Helena, you want to say? And something? I do. I do think in times like these, we need to sort of see some positive things. Like if you go out, especially in Riverdale, you see everyone is just walking around. I I went out the other day and there were just so many people on every single street taking walks. It was a very sunny day. And so I just saw everyone out with their families and obviously they were staying kind of six feet apart from other people, but it was just nice to see everyone out. And that's not something that normally happens. I don't think to that extent. And so I think that was one positive thing that I saw and families are coming together, but of course some are have to stay apart now too. So I also think like for me, I am stuck in a very tiny apartment with two other people on quarantine, which is like a kind of unprecedented situation. Like usually when you live in such a small space, you have access to public resources to like have your own time, have some kind of privacy, you know, like public libraries are all shut down, which is like, that was a big thing for me. Like I always went to public libraries and stuff. So I think that adjustment of not being able to have any kind of privacy or personal space. If you live like in an apartment, I think that's going to hit a lot of people really hard, like mentally. And it's just not very like, I feel like it's going to be straining, like regardless of what your situation is, like even if like you have like a very healthy relationship with the people that you're quarantined with, it's not going to be beneficial to not have any time like to oneself which I think is like... So are you in actual quarantine at your house? No, I haven't left the house in like a week though, but no. Those, I mean, I want to put it that way. So one of the images I've been using to help me get through this, I'll share with you, is um, is why I ask you to think about Noah and the ark. Mm -hmm. Noah, not my favorite biblical character. I just want to say that. Not my favorite guy. But there he was on the ark with his wife, and his immediate family for 40 days and 40 nights, not to mention a whole bunch of animals, <laughs> which probably was not too... Um, that sounds nice, honestly. I would go for some animals right now. I don't know. I don't know. The odor of that might have been mm. distracting, shall we say. Uh, not necessarily mellifluous. I'm just putting that out there. So my, what I've been doing is I created my own Noah calendar. And it's just like I'm, I'm sort of competing with Noah. <laughs> If he could do it, if he could do it, I can do it. <laughs> Rabbi uh, Linda versus, versus, versus Noah, right? I mean, that's, I know it you sounds You have great. to outlive him too. He was like nine. No, I know. I don't have no desire to outlive him whatsoever. <laughs> but for me, that I deal in metaphor a lot, obviously. So that uh, is a way of helping me because this isn't easy. And for you, it's taking, you know... Uh, what I've saw online because I've been doing some work with students from Manhattan College is the frustration of not being able to walk, you know, for the graduation. Um, oh yeah, yeah, right. And I know that I'm I'm, I'm angry. I, I like did all the three and a half years of like the sucky part of high school, and I was just about to get to the part where like we went on trips and had prom and everything, 
And just then, like the coronavirus hit and I was so mad. I was like, three months ago, this would have been amazing. Like I wouldn't, you know, I would have missed so much homework, but now it's like, I got to the fun part of high school. So well, I'm, I'm a upset. It's, it's not the best time for me either though. Like the, when everything started getting worse in the city, that was like two days before I was supposed to take the SAT. And oh, so God. I couldn't take it. And now I have to wait like four more months. Oh God. And <laughs> that sucks. I can't visit any colleges anymore. I, the, the whole half, second half of my junior year is probably going to be online. And so we're going to get graded differently. We might not even get tested normally. And it's just, everything's changing. And not so, that, so, so here's the, so are you expecting for it to go back to what it was? Or are you expecting for a new normal to emerge at the end of this? I, just from your educational perspective. Um, I think people are definitely going to implement parts of like social distancing more into college campuses. I think we're going to have stricter like rules on hygiene. I think D hall, like like dining hall and like mealtime experiences are going to be a lot like people will actually think about like germs and stuff like that because like I work in D hall also. So I expect there's going to be a lot of um, differences on that side of it, like on how we prepare food for people. We already have to wear like gloves and hairnets and stuff like that. But like, I think there are going to be extra precautions. And I think that they're going to stop um, a lot of the, like the, the way, I don't know how it works on other college campuses, but the way that we eat and stuff is buffet style. So like everyone is like, putting all like their hands and things and like grabbing cookies and you know that kind of stuff and I just have a feeling that after this people are going to be a lot more cautious about that um so, so that's, that's on the eating side of it yeah educationally what do you think Bernie you think it's going to be the same way at school for you or is it going to be more virtual classes or what do you think uh, I definitely hope it's not more virtual classes because that just sounds like it sounds like a pain I mean am I excited when I'm going to school, no, but like, it's nice to see my friends and like, I did, it's definitely, it's not going to be the same doing these virtual classes. And I think it's going to be a lot worse. And I think, I think it's going to go back like fairly to normal, like probably not this year, but next year, I hope so, because I don't think it's going to be as good of an experience, like the way that it's going to happen for the rest of this year. Julian. What are you, are your classes happening right now, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, I, I have classes. I think, well, I guess for me, this is kind of upsetting because like I probably won't be going back to high school. Like this is kind of the end of my high school experience, which pretty sucky way. But um, I think next year, yeah, I, I think it depends what happens with the coronavirus. But definitely within 12 months, I think that they'll have it under control. And we'll probably all be back in school and social distancing will be over. But my biggest concern is like, I think this was a wake up call for a lot of Americans because, you know, we knew that like people in our country were living paycheck to paycheck, but who knew that the airlines were too, you know what I mean? Like it turns out they're all broke and they're waiting for their next, like their next like check. So I think, you know, the way that, the way that our country, like, I think we're really facing a crisis basically. You know, when I heard about the, $2.2 trillion relief bill that they just passed. I was just thinking like, this is really a, this is a really a, a huge moment in our country. And the fact that 
even our government, which is feels like their job is to argue with each other. Like they actually were like, we don't agree that this bill isn't perfect to us as Democrats or Republicans, but this is a first step. And we all agree that more has to be done. That was like, that to me was a really important moment. And that made me feel really good as an American that we were, we were saying that. So I don't know when I, when I heard about that bill, I was just thinking like, this really is going to be, you know, the coronavirus itself is, is horrible, but the economic consequences I think are going to be like a big deal. So I don't know. I think things will return to normal eventually, but I agree. I think people are going to be more careful and I think people are going to be a little bit more scared. So here's the thing that you're you're all saying it's going to return to normal. Is that normal going to be the normal from before or will it be a new normal? There's no, but like we can, this isn't sustainable. This is No, no, no. I'm not saying what we have now. I'm not saying that at all. But my question is different. My question is that, do you think that this is a transformational experience? So I'm going to go back to Passover for a moment. The whole story of Passover is is about a transformation of people who were slaves to a free people. And And we don't know exactly, you know, the way the Torah tells it. We don't know exactly how they ended up in the land. It's not 100% clear, but it is still a moment of transition and transformation. And we're told every year to, to say it's as if each and every one of us was in Egypt, right? Mm-hmm. And we're told at the Seder, remember the stranger for you were a stranger in the land of Egypt. Those are you know, and, and open your home and let everyone who is hungry come and eat. Those are the things that we say at a Seder. This year, those statements have more resonance and have, and they're less rote, right? We are worrying about the people who don't have enough to eat. We do want to stop othering people. And we as individuals have an opportunity. This is a, an incredible opportunity that for uh, a radical shift in the way that we see ourselves as individuals. Yes. Can I just give my retort? I think this is an upheaval, not necessarily a transformation. Like, I think every upheaval have, is a transformation. Yeah, yeah, but it's not. I think transformation. I don't know what we're going to look like when we get out of this crisis, but I think there's going to be some things that are more positive and some things that are definitely much, much worse. That's right. And you know, I've been up to the Y, like the Riverdale Y, and they're delivering food to like the to people in our neighborhood who can't who can't access it, et cetera. And I think when you have these crises, it brings out the best in people in some you know some of the time, and but it also brings out the worst in people because when people are like, I'm not going to be able to pay my rent, you know what I mean? Like I'm not going to be able to buy groceries three weeks from now if I can't go out and work. I think it'll bring out a lot of ugliness, honestly, in our country because when people feel the pressure, they get worried, they get scared and they react. So yeah, I mean, I think it's, I think, yeah, it's definitely like Passover in the sense that it's a huge upheaval and it'll create like waves of feelings in our country that are going to go on for a long time. But personally, I think it's going to be a little bit more negative than positive, but yeah. Helena, I was going to ask Helena, you haven't said anything in a while. Your thoughts Um, on that? Well, I, going back to what you were saying about a new normal, I think we all, when we all emerge from this, hopefully, I think we're going to have a new perspective on, I mean, what is normal, but I also think that um, a little more positively, I think this may set some precedents, for example, in temples and going to services. Some people who may not be able to get to services now can 
like using technology can maybe zoom in or something um, through different things that they're using now. And this could set certain precedents of how we could all communicate better. But I do agree with Julian that when we come out of this, it is going to be very different and it might not be so positive. Jasmine. What I'm worried about is that a lot of the positive changes that we're witnessing are going to be temporary. Does that make sense? Like, I feel like people, I'm worried that there's going to be a disconnect where people don't realize the issues that are being exposed um, transcend this current crisis. And even when we're not in a global pandemic, there are people that work and can't afford to pay their rent and can't afford to get groceries. And there are people that don't have the physical ability to participate in a lot of activities that other people can. And there's not enough accessibility for people who are homebound normally, even when it's like not a pandemic. And I think that we are seeing a lot of like, I don't even think we're having enough. Like personally, I think that I'm worried that there's not going to be enough social security nets for people who are affected by the crisis financially. But any, I think that any action that's taken on that front, I'm worried that it won't transcend this pandemic. And I'm worried that people won't see the connection between what's happening now and what happens on a normal day-to-day life for a lot of people in America. And I also feel like in terms of accessibility, like this is creating a lot of opportunity for people who would normally be homebound or not able to participate in things, be able to participate in things through technology. But I'm worried that institutions who are implementing like, you know, Zoom meetings and stuff like that, um, where they're like sharing a lot of their work on a digital space won't continue after this pandemic. But I really hope it does. Like, I hope that this is like a bit of a wake up call to what it's like to be homebound or, you know, to not be able to work because of, you know, disability and other things. Um, So I don't know. I, we don't, we don't know, but I just wanted your response. Bernie, you want to chime in here? I mean, on the other hand of what you're saying, it could be like the new normal is if you're sick, like not with the coronavirus, but if you just are sick and you're like, oh, I'm not going to go to work today, then you're still expected to join a Zoom call or whatever and do all that work. And maybe that might not be so beneficial for people. Like sometimes you just need a break or sometimes you just need a rest to, you know, to get healthy again. So I agree with what you're saying that like, it, for people with disabilities and stuff, it definitely is a wake-up call that this is possible and we can do it. But I am also like a little worried about people taking it too far and just expecting too much of people. Well, I think the pace for those of us who are working really hard right now, the pace that I'm working right now is not sustainable forever. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm doing a lot of different things. But on the other hand, in a crisis, you, you do that. But that, yeah. Which is, it brings me to the, the realization of how important Shabbat is, to be honest with you. Uh, a day of turning off the technology is, since we're so technology bound right now, turning right. it off for a day is actually, what a relief. But I, I, I think what I'm hearing from you is a different point of view than what I've been hearing from people who are considerably older. And I wish that I could uh, instill some hope because 
I think, I believe that human beings by and large have good intentions and maybe through this experience of being a little bit less selfish, because like all of us on this call, we're all taken care of. We're all good. So by doing what we can for others in this moment, that becomes something that's a regular part of our lives. And I see so many people who are doing that. And that fills me with a lot of hope. And seeing people cooperate and collaborate who under previous normal conditions would not have been collaborating. Collaborate also fills me with a a degree of hope. So I want to put it out there that there is, it's going to be different. There's going to be problems, but who knows? This may be the thing that pushes for universal health care, you know? Yeah, I was going to say, like, I mean, it's a really that, interesting time for our right? country politically. Right. We don't know. We, we don't know, but this may, may shift a whole lot of things. The pieces on the table have been moved by this. So my question for you, closing question as we're heading toward Passover, is one thing that you're hopeful about. You know, just a brief response. One thing that this whole experience says, okay, I'm hopeful that. And I'll start with, I'm hopeful that my ability to communicate with my kids continues the way it has begun through this process. Can I go next? Yes. I'm hopeful that things return to normal um, pretty soon and that people who are affected by this crisis, they, they turn out okay. You know what I mean? Bernie? I'm hopeful that kind of what Julian said, we can get back to our normal. But for now, when we can't, we can, you know, do our best and keep going as we are. (laughs) At least, you know, get back to school and whatever, you know, get everything done. Play some music. (laughs) Play some music, yeah. Helena? Um, I'm hopeful that um, this experience will sort of bring communities together. I know at least for my school, all the administration has been very supportive and trying to bring our community together even more in these times. And I'm hopeful that other communities are doing the same and everyone feels supported in this time. And Jasmine, bring it home. I'm hopeful that this experience allows people to have a higher degree of empathy for people who are affected by a lot of like affected by this crisis and also like in general, like exposes a lot of, you know, who is essential to our society functioning and like, oh, people have more respect for like nurses and like, like food service workers. Um, Like people who clerks and stuff. Yeah. I have Um, to say the thing that surgeons are being trained in nursing care. There's something about that, that I find, uh, Mm-hmm. kind of appealing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just I just hope people realize I feel like a lot of people in our society pre-COVID-19 also during COVID-19 um tend to devalue and dehumanize certain people and certain pe- certain professions and few people's struggles with money as some kind of like failure to work hard or like achieve the American dream. I hope this like wakes people up to the reality of other people's situations. Um, And I hope people are more connected and can understand each other more. I I like that. 
let's we'll we'll leave it at that. And and yes, among those, I'm thinking of all those very brave delivery people who yeah. are really putting themselves online, as well as the first responders. But it's you know, it really there's a whole list of people who are going above and beyond, and um, and we're really grateful. And I wish you. Uh, an interesting Passover, a different kind of <laughs> Passover, but one maybe that's more rooted in reality and less of it happened to them and not to us. And here we are in the middle of it and, and maybe we'll find different meanings that we never thought we'd find. Mm-hmm. So wishing you all really well in the days ahead. Yeah. And it's always a pleasure to see your faces. Also to the Tehila Talks listeners, stay strong. We're here for you. Thank you for taking the time to listen to Tehila Talks. For more information about Tehila, go to congregationtehila.org. Tune in next time when our teens continue to reflect on issues of the day through a Jewish lens.